0: Hi, everybody. It's David Reardon. And welcome to the Lead with Purpose webinar. And Jenny Whitelaw, you are going to be, I think, so excited about what she has to say. Because frankly, we looked at a lot of leadership courses, um, because we wanted to bring something into this chaotic world at this point. And when we say leadership, we actually mean both of work teams at work, but also in your personal life. You know, how are you leading your family? How are you leading in your community? So all of these things that Ginny addresses in Lead with Purpose, um, you know, are gonna get to those values. So we thought today that we would uh, just bring you all in. I'm gonna ask her some questions and she's gonna give us a bit of a description about uh, the course and what she thinks is of value to you in it. So welcome Ginny.
1: Thanks so much. And and thank you for joining us in this webinar. And I hope you uh, you pick up some value even now. This matter of leading with purpose, I think is more, pressing than ever in terms of how we can bring a quality of purposefulness to everything we do.
0: So let's just be clear because um, people, some people may not know you, but this is your organization that you founded is the Institute for Zen Leadership and we'll get into what the Zen is in leadership coming up. Um, and this course then is lead with purpose, because what we've done is we've taken a portion of sort of the where you start all your retreats and have, you know, molded it into a web course. Uh, But I just want to be clear that Lead with Purpose actually comes from some place, and that place is the Institute for Zen Leadership.
1: Yeah, yeah, thank you for that. And, you know, we offer the multi-day sort of immersion experiences into Zen Leadership, but what we've distilled for this course are five distinct modules that also include practical applications and some inter-session practices that people can really get a feel for this pathway and, uh, and see how it helps them. Yeah.
0: So let's just start at the beginning, because if anybody walks into a bookstore, you just put leadership into Google or some search engine, you know what happens. You get back okay. this massive amount of books and retreats and approaches and some of these things have names like the five best qualities of leaders or the 12 things you should do to be an effective leader. You know, And we look at these and, and we have looked at them from an integral perspective and we find them valuable as far as they go, but they're really more of a cognitive sort of idea approach um, to they're gonna give you a lot of information about what you should do. And the difference here uh, is with Ginny is that this is a mind body course and I'll let her explain that in a minute. Um, But that's different and that really is in alignment with a full quadrant approach that any of us that are into integral theory would want. Right. So, Jenny, let's just start there because you're aware of it. I mean, you're, you've been doing leadership for a long time, both at the corporate level and at the personal level. And you see all the offerings that are out there. So just talk a little bit about what you see and then why Lead with Purpose is, is different from those. Yeah.
1: You know, it, it was really what I saw and what I saw was missing and what I saw that led to a more mind-body approach because as you said, I've been teaching leadership for nearly 25 years now. And you're right, it is a lot of oftentimes models and good advice and things that really can get into the head. But we've all heard the line, you know, can you walk the talk? You know, can you translate words into action? Can you integrate the entire being, your whole self, into one authentic expression that is really, you know, what you're about? And What I have found uh, through a lot of, you know, martial art training and Zen training, which was alongside my science background, is that when you work with mind-body as one, you can put it all together. If you work with the head alone or live in your head or lead from your head, you can have a lot of cognitive intelligence, but getting it all translated into something that wins people's hearts or helps you move and act in the world in a way where you can really make big things happen. It's, it's very hard to just translate good advice into action until you really integrate mind body as one. So most leadership is gonna train literally mindsets. We train mind and body sets together and it's helping you as you go through it, experience yourself, yourself as the instrument of leadership.
0: Yeah, and the thing that I want to point out for, from an integral perspective is that, as you just said, and I said it as well, there's nothing wrong with cognitive. I mean, integral gets blamed all the time for being too heady, too cognitive, right? And But if you really look at integral life practice and you look at the quadrants just as one element of the aqual system, what you what you see that's of value is that we all tend to collapse whatever we're doing into one of those quadrants, right? So so when we're meditating, we, you know, it's sort of upper left. I mean, this is interior individual experience, right, as you're sitting on the cushion. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if that's all you're doing, if you're actually not living in the relative external world and bringing what you're learning on the cushion into that world, then you're not taking full advantage, like you say, of your full instrument. You're not really coming to the situation and bringing all of yourself, which is going to bring better results, which we will get to. You know, in a second. So, I wanted to point that out. And the other thing that you sort of race by for those that don't know you and haven't read your um, your resume is that when you say science and Zen and martial arts, th- th- this was uh, not something that just happened by chance. You always wanted to be an astronaut growing up that's your personal story and you ended up working at NASA for a long time after science training and physics and all the rest of that now you didn't go into space you actually went into the management of things like the space station and things like that but that that really uh, embedded you in a culture that is basically into very cognitive approaches you know sort of to, to leadership but then martial arts finds you and then Zen practice finds you and you become a teacher and all of that. And that fully rounds out so that when you say mind body, this isn't something that you're just talking about. This is actually your full experience as you develop this.
1: Yeah. And, you know, as I think back on it, even the dream to be an astronaut as a kid, it, I think that was probably the first job that I could sense really brought my body together. Cause I could tell it was a very physical job, but you know, you had to be really smart to do it. And, um, and it, 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 But it seemed to involve the whole person, and in some ways, bringing that into other domains of leadership and life as well um, became a real calling for me. So being able to integrate what we know from a Western science point of view with what we also can learn and integrate from an Eastern perspective, from Zen, and I trained and taught Aikido for many years, is an art of harmonizing energy so a lot of our work in lead with purpose is about really aligning and using energy Um, there's a lot that we know about that that can really help people and how they live their lives yeah Yeah.
0: and so so that's the mind-body part and we'll get into that a little bit more about what the actual value is to things that we all experience in our lives particularly challenges to when we're trying to you know lead some situation whether it be work or or personal or in our communities. Um, But there's another, uh, you know, I'm going to call it a fad, but it's, it's, you know, it's just that this word, mindfulness, is suddenly everywhere. And for all of us that have worked in contemplative practice for a long time, I mean, this is nothing new. But it literally has exploded into the mainstream. And we particularly see this around the tech companies like Google and things like that, that suddenly are having meditation centers within their headquarters and so on, right? So mindfulness has become a big thing. And um, and it is, as we say, useful, uh, very much so on the beginning to simply watch your breath. We all know that we feel better, we feel calmer, we can get more creative and all that. But mindfulness, if that's all you're doing with it, um, you know, it has its limitations. And so what I want you to talk about is that that actually lead with purpose is a course that actually takes what we know about and you instruct in in breathing, Mm -hmm. and then actually brings that into action, which is the other piece in your life. So this mind-body interface right now starts to have mindfulness, but more like what Ken talks about as full spectrum mindfulness, which is not just watching your breath, but actually then using that experience to channel things through, to invite things into your life and so on. So can you talk a little bit about as a mindfulness concept, what lead with purpose adds to that whole conversation?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, a lot of people get confused even what mindfulness is cause it seems to cover a wide spectrum of possibility from watching my thoughts or watching my emotions or watching my breath. Um, I was, I just came across, a cover on The Economist that they call The Economist, an introductory course in mindfulness. You know, it's kind of gets used in in a lot of different ways to even mean being thoughtful or considered. I, I prefer thinking of almost like body and mindfulness, be, really bringing it deeper into the body, all the way down through the centers into a center. We explore a lot in this, in this course, the Hara, the lower abdomen. Hara is a Japanese word that doesn't have a really good translation into English, so that's why we use it in its Japanese. But it's a, a center in the lower abdomen associated with an enormous amount of energy, power, and connection to movement and action. It's also associated with a gut brain, um, you know, a billion nerve cells, so a, a real center of consciousness in its own right. So for many people, mindfulness still keeps us in our head. Even the saying, I'm watching my thoughts or watching this, there's an eye watching. Whereas the kind of experience we're inviting people into and lead with purpose is a tuning of yourself, your physical being as a, something of an antenna that can sense purpose and can sense things that align with purpose. So we wanna resource the mind with a much deeper connection to the, the gut, the heart, the breath, the body. And so that the very context out of which our thoughts arise is more richly informed.
0: So I want to get to this concept of Zen leadership, and I know that's a big subject and we're certainly not going to cover it all today, but I thought it would be useful to the audience uh, to sort of get a sense of the Zen and Zen leadership and then how it applies in this particular course, Lead with Purpose, because we chose that name for a reason, and that is that we're all feeling, um, shall we say, buffeted about by all the uncertain times that we're in and sort of the chaos that comes in these transitions as we move from one developmental level to the next. Uh, just culturally, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a time fraught with stress and worry. And sometimes when you're in all of those things, your old methods of leading in this particular case, um, they just simply don't work that well anymore. So the reason why, obviously, that we chose you and this particular course for the integral Life audience is that we we really wanted to do more than that. We wanted more than a cognitive approach. We wanted a full quadrant um, approach to all of that. So when you say the word Zen, so if we're getting to that now, you know, a lot of uh, outsiders probably would go, oh, my God, is this a now, a, is this a spiritual course that you're doing? Because I know about Zen in terms of Buddhism and all that. Or, you know, and somebody might say, well, that's not, what? Well, how is, why is that? I mean, so are we doing spiritual leadership or, you know? Whatever the questions might be, mm-hmm. so that's why I thought we ought to talk about it a little bit because you've really educated me about, um, in terms of this, you know, this whole subject of better, you know, being better leaders and being in leadership, that Zen has a lot to say about it, and not so much just that it has to be some sort of spiritual tradition or intention, but just what it points out, just yeah. for obvious reasons. Um, why that's useful to when I I want to become a better leader, and I might, and I definitely want to lead with more purpose.
1: Right, right. It, it's you know it's a great question. Um, is we're not selling a religion or uh, you know a. a a um, set of beliefs in this course. So you can come in and out with whatever beliefs you want. We, we want people to have direct experience. And I think that's what Zen opens the door to. It certainly has in my own life, direct experience. And what is the direct experience you get to have? Zen resolves the illusory sense of separation. It's, it starts breaking through our delusion of being completely separate and apart from other people, apart from the life we're leading. It helps us establish a much deeper, richer sense of connection. It's also going to blast through the ego at some point, and he has us take a look at this ego, this I that's always integrating and trying to sort things out and figure things out and think analytically about things. It's going to help us start to see that I in a different way. Why? Because we'll find and we'll introduce and lead with purpose and, you know, a simple uh, Zen meditation technique What we know from the research around meditation is that when you do meditate, when you sit still and deeply breathe even for a few minutes, it's going to change brain patterns. It drops us out of analytical mind. It starts establishing a deeper coherence between mind and body. Those physical practices are what we want to show people and lead with purpose. Then you can apply them to the purposes that you'd want to put your energy to. Um, so, this is physical labor. That is manual labor, in my view. It's not a belief system. What we're, we invite people into is an experience of how they can resource themselves to sense the purposes that call them and then align their energy in ways that they can manifest them. Um, I, I would say that, you know, one thing I appreciate so much about my own Zen training and why I think it is such an important component in Zen leadership is. It highlights a pathway that you, any of you, can take as far or as little as you want Uh, from basic, you know, breath and posture and a few minutes of sitting to center yourselves before you face a difficult engagement to an endless pathway that you could take to whatever um, direct experience you want of who you are. Um, it's 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 boundless. It's limitless as it exposes our own limitless self, where the ego becomes not a tyrant um, stuck in last year's mindset and yesterday's skills and all of the history that we bring to the moment, but it becomes a tool that we can use for creating the world we want.
0: So that's really interesting, Jenny. Is that and that takes me back to the mind body question again. Um, So why, let's say a little bit, we kind of maybe rushed through that a little bit at the beginning. I mean, in terms of everybody knows what my body means, but how it actually manifests itself in this lead with purpose approach. Um, Let's talk a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe even beyond talking about it, show it a little bit, because I think that's the part of the strength of the course. And let's see if we can experience a little bit of it right now together. So I don't want you just to stay in your head, go into your body. I'd like you to just take, say, five quick and high breaths, kind of these kind of high breaths. And you can kind of see, even from me and my body language, how it starts to create a high energy. Notice what it's doing in yourself. Notice if you can feel a kind of agitation or a kind of hyperness that starts to come in. Just pay attention to that for a moment. And now let out a sigh of relief. I'm going to shrug my shoulders with it, but a kind of deep exhale, just a sigh of relief. And now three deep, long, slow exhales, just deep, slow exhales right down through the center that you're sitting on or uh, assuming that you're sitting, um, just something that could go right through the, the sits bones, right into the earth. And again, as I'm talking, just see if you can slow down your exhale, even slower. And notice if there's anything in the body that gets stuck or seems to be blocking the exhale. And again, one more deep, slow exhale. And if if you're like most people, you can feel even after three breaths, something physically changing in the body in a way can be so obvious we miss it. But I want to draw your attention to it of how the body has settled down, literally down in gravity, down closer to the earth, down with less held tension, which can pull us up and high into our neck and shoulders and cause all kinds of constriction. This difference creates a fundamental stability in your body as a body for leadership. And it's one of the things we play with in Lead With Purpose of how you can, by putting mind-body together, keep tuning your condition so that you are at your best. You're at your most centered self so that you have the energy to give, you have the energy to lead. One of the things that we know about slowing down our breathing is that it also slows down the rate at which thought develops. It slows down brain waves. If I have a little EEG cap on, you'd see that at some point it drops us out of our conventional analytical mind. And it's at that state that intuition starts opening up in new ways. And our sense about how we can align with larger forces starting with gravity, but align with larger forces and make bigger things happen, our intuitive sense sharpens. It's also as we listen more deeply into the body signals that we're starting to become more, I'll say, creatively sensitive. Sensitive in a proactive way where we're able to, by how we interact with our situations, start bringing things about. So That's what we mean by a mind-body approach. It's a difference you can
0: feel. And I can tell you where I feel the difference, uh, just as you were talking about the breathing. So we all know that when we go to do public speaking, if you have any sort of angst about that, uh, first thing that happens to you is that suddenly your voice changes.
1: Yeah.
0: Because it basically you're breathing up high, you know, yeah. quick breaths exactly. and you feel like you can't get enough and you're not breathing from your belly. Right. And that's where the more your more relaxed, authentic tone comes from. That's also true in singing. Uh, that true. if you're not breathing properly while you're trying to sing, um, you know the voice sounds entirely different um, sure. than it does if you're really breathing into it and, and letting your whole body then come through your vocal cords as you, as you make that sound. That's right. And then the last thing is in sports. I mean, we know this, you know, w- no matter what sport you do, breathing is important, particularly as you go into high performance sort of states. Um, and if you don't have that down, you're going to run out of breath and not perform very well. So those are, those are the three things that I thought about as you were talking about that, that are, you know, very practical and out in the world, right?
1: Yeah. And in the first, in the first module in Lead with Purpose, we introduce a technique of breathing into this area I've called hara. H A R A, Hara, the lower abdomen. And when we can start to get our breath that deep in the body, it means there's been a lot of relaxation that's coming in. We start working the lungs from underneath because, you know, the lungs can't move themselves. They need some muscles to do the work. And the, when the muscles in the lower abdomen do the work, we get the most efficient, deepest, slowest, most stable breath possible. And it's under that condition that we exude the kind of thing that we might call executive presence or leadership presence or our best voice or our most centered condition for, um, you know, working with our communities, working with our families, working with our companies or facing that town hall meeting, you know, that that, uh, public speaking event.
0: Yeah, breath is everything, and we so forget that. I mean, <laughs> it, it, and if you forget it, just try not breathing for a bit. It'll rem- your body will remind you pretty quickly that you're in some some sort of stress, to say the least. All right, so, all right, so we've got so we've got mind body. We've got the Zen piece. I thought where we might go next in this summary of of and what's in this particular version, because as we said, this is a first edition that we've pulled out for a first step into this whole notion of leading with purpose. Um, It certainly doesn't, by any means, uh, cover all the material that you've developed at the Institute for Zen Leadership. So where I thought we'd go is is there are sort of three things that I saw emerge out of the course as you did it and with the students that you were uh, practicing with in the videos, and everybody will see that. Um, there were sort of three things that were very sort of common complaints um, aside from the big meta questions of um, why am i here and what's the meaning of life that it, basically there are three questions that i hear from most of us um, and you actually address this in the lead with purpose course so the first of those is um, i don't have enough energy <laughs> And certainly that can be a sign of overwhelm. It can certainly uh, be a sign that you're just being pulled in all kinds of directions. And certainly the world at the moment is not exactly a calm place. That's right. Uh, we are all reeling. And um, as you say in the course, we're, we're, we're basically this ball on fast moving waters <laughs> and we learn, we need to learn how to manage it or it just, it just catches up to us and the stress just takes us down. So uh, let's talk a little bit about that, because the four energies that you talk about and, and, and you show in terms of have people practice within the course uh, were really interesting, I thought, in terms of, of ways of looking at not just energy as a general thing, like I don't have enough, and that's certainly one way you can look at it, but it, you went deeper than that, and you said there are four energies actually in our nervous system, and each one of them has a purpose. And and the really thing to, to be aware of is is which one is appropriate in the moment. And we all know times when we can think back that, you know, maybe what I just did wasn't appropriate for the
1: moment. <laughs> so right, we right.
0: can all relate to that, um, whether it's around work or our families or you know whatever. So let's talk a little bit about this this whole notion of I, uh, of this complaint uh, that in these times I don't have enough energy. And what does Lead with Purpose have to say about
1: that? Yeah. Well, the, uh, as you said, it's easy for energy to get siphoned off unproductively. So what Lead with Purpose is going to help us do is both align our energy on purpose and engage the right energy for the situation that's, that's uh, really using the nervous system the way it's most efficient. So um, as you mentioned, there, there are four basic energy patterns in the nervous system that take us from a kind of intense pushing a very determined focused kind of energy to a more disciplined holding form energy to a rhythmic flowing energy to an expansive drifting energy and each of them will you'll see in the course is excellent at a different set of leadership skills they're all essential and none of them individually are sufficient and all of them together create a kind of whole um, a whole basket of resource that leaders can draw from in facing, leaning into any situation. And one of the ways we often lose our energy is that, that old phenomenon when you're in a hole, like you keep digging, like we, you and I have access to all four of these energy patterns, but we also have preferences some that we just like to use. And and any personality test you've ever taken is going to kind of pull out things that are related to these patterns because they show up in personality. In fact, they map quite closely to four dominant factors of personality. So we're able to link the physicality with personality. And it's incredibly powerful for both guiding people in using the right energy at the right time and also helping them see how they can make shifts happen. So if, you know, to realize my purpose, I need, I just need to build out my network more and really be engaging people in a new way. Well, there's an energy for that. And people will learn exactly which one it is and how to move into it. Um, If I need to buckle down and get rid of the distractions so I can get something done today, there's an energy for that. And it's not the same one as, as building out your network. People will learn what it is and then how to engage it. So use the right energy at the right time and align energy on purpose. We also will, obviously, through building out the breath and the hot out, we, we're also resourcing ourselves with ways to just build more energy. As the body relaxes, energy will naturally flow. And uh, so we have, we have three ways of working with energy and, and lead with purpose that I think I think you're going to find useful.
0: Yeah. And there's another concept that, floats around the personal development business. And that, that word is flow. You know, we use it a lot, right? I want to be in authentic flow. Well, what, what does that mean, right? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that you point out is that too often um, we'll look at, you know, whatever it is we're trying to do and see it separate from ourselves, like you said before. I mean, it's sort of like there's me and then there's the situation which is actually out there and I'm actually not part of it. But when I bring my awareness into that and, and, you know, and most of the times when we do that, it's just not an effective way of being, um, in the moment for, for lack of a better term. Right. Yeah. Um, so that flow state is, is interesting because we've all, I think most people have had them even just, you know, just a short shot and that can be both individually can happen individually. Um, So I can think of one for me when I, you know, used to run a lot, and literally those endorphins would kick in, and it was effortless. Mm -hmm. I mean, my whole mind-body just relaxed into this natural movement um, that was really quite something, rather than straining against not having strength or breath or whatever. And we also see it collectively. We see it. I mean, I can think of one when I was a, a, you know, a member of a rock and roll band way back when. Mm-hmm. that when you're in performance like that, on a given night, there can be a collective flow that is just hard to explain. Mm-hmm. But we all know, we, when we try to describe that energy, we just simply say there was no effort. That was just authentically coming through us, whatever we were creating in this uh, collective situation. And it doesn't happen all the time. That's the big mystery of it. But what I loved about what you're doing in the course is that you're actually saying, these are not just random things that just happen every now and then, there's really nothing you can do about it. You can actually train yourself and you can train your awareness uh, to come into the moment and be much more aware of how you're in the situation instead of it being outside of you.
1: That's right. It's it's cultivating a a quality of connectedness. And I don't mean connectedness like linking up, um, you know, cars on a train, I mean, connectedness, like one witness, you know, where it's, it's completely interwoven feeling. And that I mean, when you when you have had those flow experiences, there's a there's a quality where thinking disappears, I disappears, there's not I separate from my running or I separate from my rock band, or I separate from the people I'm leading. It's one thing going on where my own creativity gets to co create with it. And there are ways of, again, training the physical body to invite that condition. It can't be willed. As you said, you can't just order it up like pizza because the eye that wants it is the exact thing that has to get out of the way. But when you train the physical body, you create the conditions where that illusory sense of separation can fall away. And then what remains is the connectedness. And even getting glimpses of this vastly opens up leaders' leaders eyes to what's possible because they start to see there's a different way to play this game rather than me having to come in and push my agenda and drive my results and press my will on people or try to control the uncontrollable. There's a way to connect into the context and sense what is going on, what's ready to happen, what are the unmet customer needs, what are my people ready to learn, what are we able to pull off together, there's a kind of intuitive connection that that is possible to um, to, to bring in and through our leadership that um, that that helps us you know, co-create with the situations in which we lead.
0: Yeah. And there's an in, another interesting point. Now you've you've alluded to it, but let me just put let me just put it out there. It's not just how you're feeling, because that's important, right? to feel embodied in that moment, you're probably gonna bring your best forward. But other people feel it as well. And we all know what it's like to be in a room where a charismatic leader that is fully embodied is not taking control and certainly not just trying to will. I mean, we know what that feels like because that's a lot of what happens with leadership stuff is there's just a leader, right? And they're gonna lead us to wherever we're supposed to go come hell or high water but when we actually have the experience of someone um being in their body and actually basically leading from that place uh it's palpable you can feel the difference as we yeah. keep saying that's right and and actually then and from and you flip it around and if you're the leader you want to invite people in like that mm-hmm. right
1: yeah, you feel the difference and you also feel other people. You know, you get so much more information about an empathetic connection with the people that, you're, that you are, uh, you're leading. You know, when we say Zen resolves separation, one of the separations it's resolving is between self and other, between interiors and exteriors. You know, so you look at it from an AQUAL point of view, it's fuzzing the boundaries so that we actually can operate as one thing going on. And, and then bring that through what's unique about you. You know, what's, what's, what's unique about David, what's unique about each of you watching and listening to this webinar. Um, so it's both one and it's differentiated. That, that is the, the, the wonder of the human being. And that's, that's what we're pointing to and pulling out as we lead with purpose. Yeah.
0: And we keep saying, feel the difference. I mean, we know when you're in a situation like that, and that's actually taking place, we always say that was amazing. That was amazing. That was amazing. That's what we say. I mean, because that is the, the, the true expression of whatever happened there that was very different than um, that it was just the moment before it, it happened. Right? So here's the second uh, complaint, the modern second complaint, and particularly in these times. Um, I don't have enough time.
1: Oh, yes. You know,
0: how many times do we say it every day? We yeah. hear it from other people. And sometimes you wonder, you know, are we just kind of making this up or is the world actually moving faster? And I think we can put that to rest. Um, I mean, just in terms of social media alone and in terms of this connectedness that we now have globally, which brings us a lot of things, as Ken says, you know, we now have access to all the knowledge on the planet. That's never happened until recently. Right. So that's the good part of it. Yeah. The other part of it is it can totally overwhelm us. It's just there's so much input coming in that you can't even take a breath. And it just seems like it's just go, 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 go. And and you either need to step into that stream or go run and hide from it, you know, as the That's case. So um, so this whole notion of time and particularly sort of the Zen approach to time, I thought this was a really interesting thing that you brought forth as we watched you unfold the Lead with Purpose course. So talk a little bit about our relationship to time and then what this course actually will help us do with that.
1: Yeah I mean it's um, again the conventional relationship to time is we think it's separate from ourselves. Um, I started out in physics as we we said earlier and um, one of the things you learn in physics is you need You need a, time is a convention. It's not, there's never been a physics experiment that detects the flow of time. Time is a a convention that we need enabled in order to talk about change. I mean, and the fact that everything changes at different rates, like David, you change at a different rate than that wall behind you. You know, the, the, uh, a stone changes slower than a blade of grass. So in order to talk about change, we need some, I'll call it, common denominator that we call time. <laughs> but, but then you and I develop a psychological relationship to time. And again, it, it relates to our, our personality, our energy patterns. There are some people always fighting with time, trying to beat time and cram as much as possible into time. There's some people who kind of hang out in time. You know, we have different attitudes about time, um, and I think all of this gets heightened because, as you say, uh, there's a sense of acceleration in this time that is uh, speeding up thought processes and speech and um, people furiously moving through their day with, you know, multitasking devices and all kinds of ways to cram more into our time. So what do we do in Lead with Purpose? We kind of stand that on its ear. Um, What does it mean to be time? What does it mean to be time, to let time come through you and see what things are ready to change in this now? Because the other truth about time is it's always the same time. There's only one time, and <laughs> it's now. It's right now. You have never lived at any other point in time except now. So it's almost like looking at it differently from a completely different perspective, or not just looking at being time, just be time. And we say we, we experience in the pro in the program of Lead with Purpose how powerful that is for realizing your your purpose, realizing your goals and dreams, because what you end up doing is bringing them through you because you exist in now. And when you exactly match the you of a particular goal or vision, when you match that person, that goal is now because it can't exist anywhere else. You brought it here. This is where you exist. Um, and It's completely backwards from a sense of time being out there and change being out there and not me as an autonomous being marching through time or driving through time. What It's exactly the opposite. We're here now continually changing and evolving, um, both in, in all four quadrants, you know, we're evolving inside, outside, in the weave space, you know, it's in, in uh, it, we're evolving and in that change and what change is possible, we're bringing those visions into now, so you 'll get to play with this whole experience and experiment on a now that or vision that you want to bring into now, and it can lead to a real keen insight about hmm what what shifts between where I am today listening to this webinar and where I would be with this wonderful goal realized and it, it helps orient us on where we need to shift in order to be the evolving self that realizes our dreams
0: yeah yeah and that's i you know uh, i can't wait for people to see the actual practices that you have in the course because i thought that was really interesting i went home from the shoot and kind of went all right so what's my timeline here and yeah. you know, and, and what are all the different points on it? So I think people really, uh, this isn't just talking about time. This is actually you're going to work with it. And I, I, I found myself shifting as a, as a result. I said, you know, I'm not really clear about that particular aspect. So um, I, that's where I need to do some work. So that was very useful. It's great. And you know, all right. So this leads me to my last, um, you know, common statement, complaint, whatever you want to call it. And that is, for those of us that have time in the world to create and to act on, on our ideas. Certainly you and I have been lucky enough to be able to follow what we really wanted to do and actually make a living at it, which is um, no, no simple trick. Um, but this notion of I have a lot of thoughts, I have a lot of dreams and I can't, in this moment I'm just feeling like I can't seem to bring them into the relative world, into the real world, right? That I. I've got all these ideas, but I'm not, uh, for whatever reason. Um, here, here's one. Here's a postmodern statement about it: uh, the universe just isn't, isn't uh, aligned with me.
1: That's
0: right. <laughs> or, or, or another one, you know, that you used in the course is "build it and they will come." I mean, all these things sound great, and this is, you know, this is good advice that you need to focus and do all those kinds of things. But it would be wonderful if it was that simple. So say some say so this is an important part of the lead with purpose um course because in a certain sense if we're leading whether it be work teams or whether it be in our families or or out in the community i mean these are projects these are real things happening in the world and if we're able to manifest more of that um from our authentic selves or whatever we want to call that then we're just going to, not only are we going to be happier, but the world is going to benefit from that. So talk a little bit about this, this whole notion of, of inviting, you know, whatever future you're imagining into your present.
1: You know, it almost starts from a question, what are we doing here? What, you know, what are my dreams? You know, here we are planted at a certain point in time that is arguably one of the most exciting times in human history, in all of human history. Um, and yet we can really struggle like I have these dreams, but I can't get the world to agree with them. Or, you know, how do I, how do I use these opportunities? There are two things that happen when we can't make our dreams come true. Two, two problems we run into, uh, and I've run into both of them. <laughs> so I can speak from experience here. One is that our dreams don't actually match our authentic self. You know, I think that's what I really was a big learning for me in my astronaut dream. I wanted that so bad I could taste it. And it did guide me into science and, and got to work at NASA and help integrate the space station program. I mean, it was it was a wonderful dream in a way, but at some point it was not matching who I was as a human being. And it was my own stubbornness in a sense that kept me from seeing it. Um, so it was a huge learning and a huge lesson in, in my life. So part of it is being sensitive and in a sense, listening to life, being sensitive enough to, to sense When we are on and off purpose, when we have purposes and dreams and visions that match us as human beings versus when it's more like, um, you know, an an ego's delight or an ego's dream, you know, but it it really doesn't match us. So Lean With Purpose helps people feel a little more deeply, get a deeper intuition about those kind of things by, in a sense, getting out of the head and into that gut level knowing that helps guide us, helps really connect us. The other thing that that we'll do in Lead with Purpose and the other way that dreams can go awry is they just stay in our heads too much. And, you know, you and I have talked about, David, you know, and I, I bet many of you listening to this have also recognized that this can happen with smart people. And people, the integral community, we have so many wonderful ideas and philosophies, we can stay in our head. We can have a million ideas and does anything get done. And what I've learned with the energy patterns is that each of them is centered in in different parts of the body. It's almost like we need the descending current of energy to go down to activate our driver and our organizer and our collaborator selves, not just our visionary selves, but to really come all the way to our base where, where the walk and the talk connect, where the idea and the actualization of it connect. So we also will play in lead with purpose on how you can take ideas into the body through the energy patterns to turn them into real action. Um, and, and without a doubt, one of the patterns will support you in any dream you want to realize. And you'll probably need all four of them working together at different points in time to realize the big dreams. Yeah,
0: yeah and I thought that that was, your, your astronaut story is an interesting one because uh, one of the things that I came away from working with this material with you um, was sort of this notion that you, you know we all want to I mean particularly those of us that care about this world being a more generative place for more people um, and I would assume most people watching this would be included in that um, thought is that we you know, so we have lots of ideas, and, and in even things that we try to do, that is going to be our gift, you know, to our families or to our work teams or to the world in general. And one of the things that I that you know that I've learned is that it's fine to do that. I mean, and and you do need to get focused, and you need to take chances, right? Move out of your safe zone and and stretch to something new. Certainly, when I found Ken's integral theory, it was a huge stretch. Still is, But I mean, in the beginning and particularly, as you can imagine, um, it just it just um, invited me to experience the world differently. And that took a while to get used to. So in, in all of that, um, one of the things that I came away from your teaching was that it's all well and fine to do everything and be everything that you can be in any given moment. But where the danger comes in is being attached to any particular outcome that comes out of that. That's right. right. That's right. Because how often, I mean, those of us that have been around a while, like you and me, and we've been through a lot of cycles, how often is it that we have some notion or inspiration or idea or whatever, and we try to put it into play in the real world, and for whatever reason, it just doesn't happen? That's right. And yet, five years later, right, it comes around in a different way because we have, if it's authentic to us, we haven't lost interest in it. That's right. We simply see an opportunity that actually the window opens up and sometimes we say, oh, the world was ready for it now where it wasn't before. And that, you know, that's partially true. I mean, I think there are a lot of things happening. So that's really what I got, um, that, that I'm really thinking about is that I really like the things that I wanna do to happen, <laughs> you know,
1: I do. <laughs>
0: and I get attached, and I notice that, that that's where my constriction is. My constriction is is not around trying it or even failing at it. Right. It's actually getting attached to that it's going to show up as a result of what I do or you know be um, in a particular form, and that and I ought to know by now. It just doesn't work that way. It doesn't. It it the world aligns in a certain sort of sense around what it wants to take in to evolve forward and oftentimes that can be very different expressions of what your original idea was
1: that's right i mean there's so much happening in the world in in this moment this very moment of this webinar with each of us listening to it and speaking in it there's so much happening that is changing at its own rate it's like a gesture started that hasn't completed right there's so much going on that not everything can happen all at once. Not everything can happen on your agenda or my agenda. So part of the sensitivity that we cultivate both in this course and in Zen training generally is to listen to life, listen to what's ready to happen, listen to what's not ready to happen so you can start to sense openings and and seize them versus exhausting yourself, pushing on a door that's not ready to open yet. You know and this is again where the zen comes into zen leadership when we start talking about attachments you know sometimes people think oh that's so philosophical like i shouldn't be attached to you know my title or i shouldn't be attached to um you know my possessions in my office or something but attachment is is much more broad you know it's don't be attached to the outcome (laughs) or the way we would say it is is um you want the mind of intention you know lead with purpose without a dwelling place, you know, don't, don't, and, and to just put it out as advice to me is not, it's not deep enough. Being able to cultivate a body where that's a living truth is what we, what we do in Zen training, what we do in, in, in introducing it in Lead With Purpose, where we can be almost like a well-tuned antenna that's picking up what's, what's ready to happen and blends that with the purposes that call us and out comes the appropriate action with the right energy. That's leading with purpose. And it becomes a selfless, fearless way to lead. So that's what we invite people into.
0: Well said. you know, this has been great. And thank you for taking um, so much time out of your busy teaching schedule, because you travel more than I do <laughs> all over the place, teaching and things like that. But let's leave it with one thought, because you, you sort of brought us up to the, the point. Um, and i am gonna put you on the spot a little bit. Um, there were a lot of things we could do I've done here, right, in terms of we came together, well, really around it at what now at the big event, that's the first time you and I really well, we did the ILP module first, that's right. And then what now? And then you were a major part of the loft event with Ken in last June. Um, and so there's lots of stuff on the table and the Institute for Zen Leadership, the training is huge. I mean, it, it goes in all kinds of basic and advanced you know, directions. So we had to choose something to do now uh, for this time and, um, and, and the first step for the integral community and others um, to, to step into this Zen leadership Uh, training that you have so what was it I guess this is where I'm going to put you on the spot for you personally why lead with purpose at this moment for you
1: I think maybe it's how pulled I feel by the purposes that drive us at the institute that that uh, um, you know this is such a pivotal time in human history as I said earlier I and I firmly believe as I I think we've talked about in the past and you know, I invite you to think about as well, even as you listen to this webinar, that the decisions made over the next couple of generations are going to determine life on this planet. You know, between what's going on in in our politics and our economics and our technology and, and you know AI in particular, singularity and everything, um, even what it is to be human is is getting challenged. So I feel that, you know, um, in some ways, what can't be automated is going to become hugely important and what is uniquely precious about the human being is that you are connected and you are differentiated and your differentiation gives you a purpose here (laughs) and your connectedness gives you a way to manifest it and If there is one thing that I could give leaders on this planet, it would be a way to bring those two together and lead in a selfless, fearless way to manifest the purposes that call them.
0: Well, that is well said and a great place to to leave it for today. So thank you so much, Jenny, for giving us a quick run-through and summary. And for all of you out in the audience on this page are all kinds of links and further information about the course. There's some other videos here from Jenny that... Um, You know, address some of the other points that uh, that the course includes. So we hope you will all check it out. And for all of you that are ready to take your next step because I clearly it has informed my next step in terms of leading wherever you are in whatever situation uh, we hope you will consider lead with purpose as you move forward. Thanks, everyone.